Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the Marketing Mindset, Do You Convert?, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders, developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you. We're here to help you and try to elevate the conversation. I'm Andrew Peak, and with me today is Jackie Lipinski and Becca Thomas. Hey! Hello! No, Kevin. That is every time I'm filling in as the person I guess to say the intro, I'm like, this is so hard. I don't right. said it one time. Tongue twister. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. I should no just one can hear it, but Andrew messed up seven times. I had to edit it out. Shoot. <laughs> no. Fun fact, it's not recorded one time and then replayed every single time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, do, I thought that. that in the beginning. It's just so, it's pretty Live. consistent. Every so. time. It is. Well, let's jump into story time. And there's no noises because I don't have that set up on my computer. Yeah, we'll have to so just who wants to go do, first? Do, 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 do. Yeah. Um, I can, <laughs> I can go after I did that terrible intro. Yeah, my my TikTok is the other week. Last week, and I got bored. I had had a TikTok account, but I was like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna attempt to make a video from old clips I made. Yeah, I found TikTok to be interesting. I like how the the videos come together. It was learning curve with understanding how the videos work. But then I went to upload my video and. There is a short lifespan with these videos. It's almost as if it doesn't take off within the first like 12 hours. It's it's dead. It's and dead. people have to be specifically searching your hashtag. And so my story time is more focused around just creating content. You know, the whole point of TikTok is almost to go viral. And it's so noisy. I just, I, I found it very hard to focus unless I was, you know, searching for specific hashtags. And so I just want to put it out there. You know, if you guys follow TikTok things or, uh, you know, if there's certain hashtags you follow or do people actually follow businesses? I wanted to get your your opinion here, Andrew and Becca. I don't know. It's it's interesting. So, yeah, I felt the same way about about TikTok is like it's the same style or same type of humor. It's almost like if you're listening to the same type of music from the mm-hmm. same year or period at eventually, like after X amount of time, you're like, oh, I just need something else. Yeah. Um, versus TikTok, there's no break in that. Even though you're changing topics or you're changing the creator, whoever made it. See, that's nice. I'm saying it was just so. Person. But like, that's where I'm so like Instagram at least mixes it up a little bit. Yeah. But it well, is cool which, that like you you're kind of forced down this video editing practice learning mm-hmm. the tool, which I think is great for the people that are on TikTok. I've, I've definitely seen builders who are like excited about TikTok, but it's also, and I'm not excited that they're focusing solely on TikTok. But mm-hmm. I am excited that they're looking at, hey, I'm looking to get better at creating video. Yeah. And hopefully that translates over to other types of video content. That'll definitely translate over to other, it should. probably more other platforms that are easier to track things on, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Like, do we believe the metrics on TikTok? Because you got, you had a lot of views on your video that you, oh, yeah. first I mean, one, right? 600, yeah. For me, it doesn't seem like a lot, but it, well, that on, it, I guess it but is. But how many followers did you have on your, on your TikTok? How many followers? Zero. Now Zero? I have okay. two. Now, so. if you were to put that same video on your Instagram or your Facebook with people, you know, you engage with people that, you know, in real life, all the stuff, you wouldn't have 600 views. I would not, I would, but I feel like I would have more but, engagement because that's more correct. of like, yeah, the. The, so then you go yeah, like, I feel like it's a things? more of an interaction yeah. thing. And I'm sure we're going to touch more on it um, for the news stories later on about how Instagram is kind of turning into TikTok. Yeah, but there's this, really there's this big fear that all social media is like merging into one video monster. I think the differentiator is if you're going to advertise the back end advertising system and tracking, mm-hmm. whichever is better proves to be the most fruitful for your efforts. 
is going to be the platform that people. Which, yeah, I'll throw a curveball in that later once we talk more. Yeah. <laughs> more <on the> video, <laughs> just like about, thinking about video. Uh, what do you have, Becca, this week for your story? So I turned off tracking on iOS 14 for on Facebook. Your phone. With yes. the prompts you got, you're like, I don't want to. Yeah, I wanted to see what it would be like to just not mm-hmm. be tracked and would it impact the ad experience that I go through when I scroll. And um, what I found out is it doesn't really impact your ad experience at all. Good, so, like, right? Yeah, I think it's that's awesome. Very great news. So I get at, served ads constantly by Albion and they have this bathing suit that they think I really need to purchase, right? So I went and looked at their site in the Facebook web URL browser, yeah, whatever. And then I went and looked on their website. I didn't, I didn't register. I didn't identify myself at all. But um, lo and behold, this week I got a postcard with uh, that exact bathing suit in post- my mailbox. In your mail postcard. In the- this is getting uh-huh. creepy now. So I, d- I didn't. I didn't put my address in and it just said two residents or it didn't have my name, but it definitely pinged my IP address and then sent me snail mail to my address. Did it have a coupon code or any, any like incentive? Like they sent that thing to you. It cost them, I don't know. Yeah, I I think it did, but I don't remember what it was. But it's not bathing suit season right now in North Carolina. Yeah, it is. It is. I don't know. It's, July. it's, it's always bathing suit season down here in Florida. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. It's always, it's funny to see, you know, if sometimes, you know, there's shifts in the market and companies are like, well, we have to go back to the basics. Let's mail things out again. And I just hope right? home builders like, oh, yeah. okay, we're going to start mailers and we're going to start billboards again. Because that, again, is are not the first routes ever to take to uh, get high quality conversions. That's not the first so. route. No. no. I was like, hmm, I guess tracking still alive. Yep. I think there's a place for, for snail mail for people who, you know, like I, I could picture Jackie, you using that at the builder you were previously with a more premium home. Mm-hmm. You aren't doing thousands and thousands of homes per year. And if you have like this list of people that are like that to me, like it'd be worth the effort versus if you're like, Hey, we had 1200 leads last week. Let's try to mail all 1200 yeah. of them. Yeah, also, I'd be crazy. I could be of that certain age, like 40 and older, where like they feel like you need to have the paper. <laughs> so the they snail mail me some the paper. Font. Yeah. 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 Includes a magnifying glass. Yeah. <laughs> Sneaky. Oh, what's in this little mailer? This is great. I'm gonna open it up. Open get your open yeah. rates up. So cool. Cool, fun story. <laughs> so mine was there's our first home in the community that we're at that we're living in is for sale. And I think a lot, of, at least me, I'm I'm excited about it. I'm like, ooh, how much is this thing going to sell for? Mm-hmm. What's it going to list at? It goes up. First, I didn't know. I'm going to go over to, to Zillow. I have my um, screen pulled up for everyone to see. I did not even know. I couldn't find it at first. I'm like, where's this house? Like the, the person that lives in our community made a post like, hey, I listed my home. If you know anyone that's interested and you want to pick your neighbor, like send it to them. We'd love to sell it. I had no idea there's this other listings toggle. Oh, on it, it's on the mobile app and it's on the desktop but usually you just see agent listings and this was yeah. a recent change i forgot someone told me like oh that was like late last year they did it or early this year i can't remember but you, you see agent listings by default mm-hmm. to see this listing you have to click other listings and that's where all the for sale by owners go i'm like oh Ooh. this guy's doing for sale by owner i'm like oh that'd be interesting maybe he really knows the market he 
something I click on is home. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So it's listed at oh, five six photos. Yeah. yeah, there's six photos. It's listed at 525. Cool. They're from his phone, which is perfectly fine. Take having pictures of your home from your phone. But as you can <laughs> like vertical, it's they're just terrible. Like if you think about like they've missed the worst the person. Yeah, here's this. And room. there's like a third of the room with yeah. no lights on. It looks very dark. It's sad. There's carpet uh vacuum lines on the ground, so you know it's Yeah, that looks nice. Pretty cool. Um the yeah, it's really clean. strange. The I'm shower. Like, this is not going to sell for as much as it should. I even though so he's trying to save money by by sale, for sale by owner, but he is mm-hmm. not even thinking about the cost analysis of how much money he's going to be saving by not using an agent that he should invest yep. that money in a photographer. Exactly. Yeah. And he has, yeah. Or just views. hold his phone the other way. Yeah. <laughs> or like pay someone. I, I almost... I, I don't know if he lived on our side of the community. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, let me take your pictures, please. Like, this is terrible. Like, let me help you out. Like, you but don't have to do since your side's feud, you, there's but, no yeah, way. It's the north versus the south. It's it's really interesting. But he only has he has 500 views and then 18 saves. Looking at other homes and that price range, let's just find one. Here's one at 100,000 more, a little bit different. Let's see. But it's 500 views with 41 saves. So, like, oh, okay. this home's yeah, different. I mean, it, it has real pictures. It's I mean that other home. Could oh, those are like nice this, photos. Yeah, these are perfect photos. This is what you'd expect for a home that it's over. Well, when you're comparing photos. apples yeah. to apples, that gentleman is definitely missing the mark with not. He's missing listening. the mark. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah, and it looks. Yeah, here's this one here. That's interesting. So yeah, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so bad. I was I was so excited with that, and that all, that's also like a quick reminder. If you've been checking your Zestimates, they've been like fluctuating up and down. I oh, had a conversation goodness. earlier on Instagram. Can I add? Um, to your story just, on this estimate? Yeah, mm-hmm. add it in there. Like it's okay. It's exciting. So we're trying to sell our, our rental house. We're mm-hmm. gonna sell it to the tenant, but um oh perfect. The the estimate has gone up, I want to say like 40k in two and a half weeks. Oh which goodness. is do you mind giving more details on the home? Oh yeah, 40k it's is like, a lot of it's, money. It's yes, it's okay. quite a it's bit for good. this. Okay, so this house has two bedrooms. One bathroom, it's 700 square feet. It's really like in the middle of nowhere. It's a pretty low dollar amount to begin gotcha. with. So like up 40 grand is like double the price. A lot. Because this was like a second home on like the original house you had. Like you had two homes on the, this big property. The yeah. Becca Estate is what I called the it. Becca. I think. Yeah. The Becca Estate. <laughs> Estates it was a Becca. small house next to another even smaller house. And this is the even smaller house. So you're working on selling it to the tenant, but are you going off this estimate? Is it more just, Hey, here's where I feel comfortable with because you've lived there. Yeah. The second option. Because his <laughs> estimate. Yeah. Not I'm sure that person is probably like, had, Oh, I've oh, already like, made money. We had already uh, yeah. agreed to a, a point a price point before this estimate gotcha. took off which is when they made the changes to this estimate. So like, I want to say a week after we had a contract in place, this estimate changed their AI algorithm and then boom, it's just taken off. Like, And we, we talked about that um, without like the neural network, how it works. Like you put in like a set of values on the front end, you know, the answer on the back end, and then you let it learn and you tweak, like you wait certain things. So like maybe Mm -hmm. for like my home, there is, 20,000 transactions or 5,000 transactions that yeah. can be used to train the area. Back in your case, like that's, it was quite rural. 
and then yeah. like their comps are just not as not as available so that the likelihood of it being accurate is definitely there compared to a high frequency area that has sales yes. and lots of comps available and down the road actually there's an express neighborhood so those are the dr horton entry levels oh, okay hmm. good so they're, i would say like within two miles there's probably 300 comps but they're not really totally comparable because they're brand mm-hmm. new they have yeah. two stories this is one story it's old kind of deal mm-hmm. and it's on more land i'm sure i would think uh yeah significantly more land but the, the improvements are not as nice i with assessments updating how what that's going to spur in people you know is it more like oh my goodness i have to save my house because i can't afford anything is it oh i should sell my house and take advantage oh, of the yeah. market like i i'll throw in a tiny little story the other week we had a heat wave i had to stay in a hotel i don't have yeah, air conditioning no big, no big deal seattle doesn't have air conditioning um getting it installed again no big deal but when i was at the hotel there was a woman who had sold her house who was just living at the hotel because she wanted to maximize her money, but she didn't want to move in anywhere yet. So anyway, just maximizing on your profits, like you're spending living in the right hotel. Now. I know. Yeah. It was crazy to me, but I'm like, works for you. Retired woman, just taking doing. advantage of the market. You're also so missing just, out on the, on the equity inflation. You know, sometimes you just gotta yeah. you know, mm-hmm. pull out of the market when you feel like you can and, and when you want yeah. to take advantage of it. Yeah. So anyway, it's a tiny, tiny story within story time, but um, yeah. And That's then we fun. have another new, unique segment that i'm sure andrew you can introduce yeah well we're just what we decided like okay kevin's out let's do something different we won't do as many news stories and we'll just try to do what we're calling just rapid fire marketing questions so we have a few different questions lined up yes so let's get started so the first one we talked about this i think it was a few weeks ago i wrote the article about the upcoming and it's right now actually in this moment google Mm -hmm. ad keyword changes broad match modified is going away and phrase ah. match is the replacement. We had a couple <laughs> of questions in the different marketing academy alumni groups, but the question is, when do I need to update all of my Google ad keywords away from broad match modified? So tomorrow. the change is here. Jump in <laughs> yeah, there. Do it yes, tomorrow. Sure, eh? So the fun part, <laughs> um, answering this, Google has like the highest um, grace period out of anything in the world. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> and they let things continue working as long as you don't touch it. That's like the only caveat. They're like, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to touch anything. But if you do make an edit to the keyword, it won't work anymore. So like, oh, shoot. so you're grandfathered in right now. So you're, you're pretty much grandfathered in. It does not. There's not even a deadline on it. Which, if we think back to like, there was like the standard text ads, and then yeah. expanded text ads, and now responsive text ads. Like that's like the one, two, three. It was like two years. It was crazy. You could have the standard ads with the yeah. expanded. So in here, I would still be proactive, make the change. But so here's the official timeline, what they said. Sometime in July 2021, <laughs> you will no longer be able to create broad match modified keywords. So like in this moment, if we're creating new campaigns, we're not using broad match modified because it's going away like any second now. After July 2021, I don't know if that means August 1st or just, again, they're super vague with this, which I, which is usually better for us. After July 20. 21 previously created broad match modified keywords will behave like phrase match. You may, again, they're super gray on everything. You may be prompted to convert broad match modified keywords to phrase match if you edit them. Mm -hmm. So just get it done when you have time. Um, It's pretty simple. 
And again, with anything with Google, if you make a change, check on it two, three, four days later and see what happened. So if you convert everything over and there's no negative effect, cool. If you convert everything over and you start losing clicks, you might have to then go back and, and re-edit the order of the keywords. Because if remember the difference between broad match and phrase match, and this might be hard to listen to um, if you're listening. You, of course, well, are listening that's to That's why podcast. there's going to be an article in the show notes. There'll be an article in the show notes, but if you have like new homes in Tampa, phrase match that. Your ad will previously only show for new homes in Tampa in that exact order. But I believe moving forward, they'll let the order change a little bit because they're absorbing how broad match modified worked, which will let the order change any any which way. And so are there are there miscellaneous things builders need to keep an eye out for? You said just checking in for five days. What will happen Check- is their impressions will drop. Like you're in impre- you'll you'll start showing up for less searches is what will happen. That'll be the negative effect. So the, your, your click, your cost per click won't really change. That type of thing should not you change. Just get less. You'll just get a lot less clicks. So it should be pretty obvious yeah. if there is a negative effect. Pretty so quickly. just go ahead and get it done. But if you're checking everything, then like you shouldn't really. If have... you're doing your coffee and analytics, there you go. That'd be if you're fun. doing your coffee and analytics, you'll know the minute it changes. You'll know the minute, <laughs> and then go in there and fix it. So. All right. All right. Next one. Becca, do you want me to ask you this one? Because this was actually from your article. Yeah, um, you can ask me this question. There we go. So Becca, what are things to consider when you're aiming to ramp back up your marketing? Oh, this is point, a good one. Yeah. Go? Well, I've been doing this a lot lately because we've, you know, we work with builders all over the country and at different points in time over the last month and a half, we've had builders kind of go, um, my traffic is dropping a little bit <laughs> and, <laughs> and then happen. they start to freak out sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. Not. but in order to not freak out, you just want to look at, is your traffic dropping steadily or is it just a one week blip? Is it? I think temporary? it also has to do with seasonality too. You know, well, are you able to compare yes. your numbers year for year? Does your website traffic look like this? I, I don't know if we're recommending like, Almost don't factor in 2020 numbers because that yeah. was just such a unique year, but maybe comparing over 2019 to 2021 right now. Um, yes, for certain. And definitely the spring selling season was super crazy and very compacted. And we've actually seen the yearly decline start a little earlier this year. So it's just talking with your sales, your online sales specialist to see, you know, hey, do they have a list hygiene they still have to go through and make sure that people can still qualify at the new prices. Mm -hmm. Um, If they're still working through that or buried in that, I wouldn't turn it up much, but if they're like, have a good handle of it, then it's time to kind of turn on your marketing because these leads that we're going to get now take a little bit longer to get going and more follow-up than the ones we got this spring, which were highly responsive. Another thing I, yeah. I remember reading and we, we talked about it, it's just making sure you mem- remember the order that you took things off the website to make it more difficult mm-hmm. to become a lead. Like yeah. put those back on there. Or Becca, you talked about where we took out pricing yeah. on ads, like starting to put those back in the ads. And also like if everyone is like hoping for like the lowest price, there's also times where you want to make sure that if you if your floor plan starts at 289 or 294, and that excludes the home site premium, which could be yeah. mm-hmm. whatever it may be. It's really like low 300s. 
Yeah. yeah. The people are clicking on it, they're like, oh, I'm qualified for 284, 290, whatever. And then they have they go through the whole process. You're just wasting clicks, even though Yeah, yeah. Like, create oh, higher quality leads. People. I I, I yeah. think that's what a lot of builders they they panic and they're like, well, I'm gonna miss out on, you know, that ten thousand dollars really means a lot. In in the grand scheme of things, no, because you're right, Andrew, they can't actually qualify for that price. So you have to mentally prepare them for, you know, the 300s in that scenario where they need to be. Well, aside from making sure that people have the correct pricing towards what they can actually buy. um, The other thing you want to think about is if you've reduced your bids on your submarket search ad campaigns, then you want to start bumping them up a little bit. Um, And then, you know, if you turn off your relocation or any other type of ad campaigns it's time to turn them on maybe with smaller bid amounts and smaller budgets and then you can turn those up as you need more traffic and if and if you're not managing your ads directly and you're working with a vendor um and you're not certain if they've done those things one you can ask them um but then that that can start a awkward conversation of like well did they do this did they not do it like you're not asking them to find out if they did not take advantage of being able to bid lower. You're you're asking, hey, is there more opportunity yeah. to increase our bids to get more clicks? Like it's not a like a oh gotcha type of situation. But you can <laughs> graph your cost per click over time, which is the easy this I think that's the easiest way to see like how has the bid changed over time. Like mm-hmm. I remember looking at um a lot of builders in Texas, like cost per clicks went way down, or they they could go way down your actual yeah. cost per click. Because demand was so crazy high, there was so much volume, you could get away with with bidding less and you still had a lot of people clicking on your ads because there was this excessive amount of people searching and clicking on it. So we're at this artificially low cost per click and now we could go back to like normal Yeah, numbers. Yeah, and, and, and going back to what, yeah, what, what Becca said regarding the, um, you know, first thing, talk to your online sales team, talk to your sales team. How are how are things? How are you feeling? But also if you start your ads back up and you don't have things for them to see, I think that's, you know, just before you turn that on, also check what is on your site, evaluate your site, um, double check that people can, you know, if you're, if you're pointing to a community and you know, you have 10 houses coming up, but they're not listed on your site as coming soon, or, um, you know, learn more about this house. And it's just the one under construction, you know, you just need to make sure that website will actually convert leads and, or, you know, um, yeah, just, just there's somewhere, something for them to do when they get to that landing page. And it's not just the website. Like you have to make sure that your production still has (laughs) stuff coming down the pipeline or they can manage increased sales. Like, do, do you have capacity to, to do things once you turn Mm -hmm. up the marketing? Yeah, you don't want to turn it on for three weeks and then like get your hand slapped. Like, oh, just <laughs> right. kidding, just kidding, for sure, for sure. All right, and our our last question. Yeah, I don't know who came, this one's for, but let's. That was. Yeah. Uh, I can I can throw it out there. Um, someone it. asked in the Market Proof Marketing Facebook group, "What are some solutions to help set online sales appointment time slots in real time?" Because uh, it seemed like there was a team member who would set appointments, and then all of a sudden someone would cancel, and then there's online site uh, sales team members. And so um, in case you're not aware, Calendly is a great tool to um, kind of create this communal calendar and set multiple appointments at different timeframes. And and it's, it's more real time um, versus going back and forth on emails between people. So um, 
my favorite part of it, you could set like um, how you could set it up as a custom calendar within Calendly set like availability on there. But yeah. you could also you can sync do, like, it with 15 minute increments, 30 minute mm-hmm. increments. Yeah. And like nine to two or like nine to 11. But then you could also sync a personal calendar without those details being known to anybody. So like picture, say Andrew Peak, I'm a sales agent at Artisan Preserve. That's where I live. And I have like, okay, on Friday, I have some, I don't know, foot massage appointment. It's like some weird thing I did. <laughs> I don't want anyone to know about it, but it's on my calendar from 9 to 10 a.m. on Friday. They will block out that time. Yeah. But no one knows about it except me or whatever, doctor appointment, whoever, whatever's happening. That's where I think there's a lot of value in there because then you don't have to ask like, hey, what's your availability this week? And you update it. You could just sync your calendar with it, multiple calendars as well. And it just updates. Yeah, that upkeep, I mean, you just have to get everyone on board with the sales team to actually update it. They're like, oh, I'm sorry. I know we booked that at 10, but I'm unavailable at 10. Well, every Monday you need to be checking that. You You have to live by your calendar, which I feel like there's different people types. Like you're the live by your calendar. What's on the calendar is the truth or you don't do it. And those people are crazy. I don't know how you do it. Um, but yeah, just, just a great question. I think in terms of someone looking for more organization within their industry and how to, um, have also, you know, you're not the bad guy. And so it's just like, Mm -hmm. here's the, here's the calendar, go for it, find a time that works and and we'll move on. And then we got some, some fun news ideas slash news. I know that. And we'll, I think we'll focus on this first one. So this one comes from get new statesman.com, which I don't know if I heard of that site, but (laughs) Um, but we've seen this everywhere and it's Instagram's pivot to video marks the end of social media as we know it. What a clickbait headline. What a great, but it's all over. A lot of people talked about it. If you go on YouTube, there's tons of creators talking about this. I'll give my thoughts on it. I know before, before we recorded the podcast, we were all kind of had a pre-show just talking about like, Mm -hmm. is social media merging into one thing? Because it's all just like quick videos. And then also we just talked about strengths and and weaknesses of companies who are trying to do it professionally, trying to do it fun, like the personalities behind it. And so, um, kind of when I always think back to, I think it's from like the Incredibles, like when everyone's special, no one's special. So when everyone does videos, no one does video, you know, so it's, it's kind of, is this going to create too much noise in the world to pay attention is my concern. If everyone has the same format, but what's your, what's your take, Andrew? Yeah. My take is I think what, what Instagram is seeing, um, is they started the reels, the, the reels. I've, that, that's a weird way to say it. There's reels on Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. And they're seeing more and more people go to that. Like they're going to the search, ex, search slash explore page. People are going to it. They're seeing people create reels. They're seeing more and more people go and watch those. So they're seeing this trend line. This is my assumption internal at Instagram, Facebook. They're like, oh, people want reels. People want reels. People are creating more reels. And it's just like up, 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 up. And the rest is not following that same path. So I think it's, it's you know, what will happen is like your feed is going to feel more like Facebook on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like right now, your feed on, on Instagram is just people you follow and ads. But then you'll start to get suggested people. So if you yep. follow, that's it's the new started change. today. It started today. Oh, is mm-hmm. it today? Oh, great! So that'd be really so, interesting. So yeah, if you like Coca Cola, you might like Pepsi. Like, is what well, it's what's going to be happening. Yeah, so yeah. the worry is, you know, if you like Sunshine Builder, you might like X Builder, which you know, in in terms of what people are trying to digest 
for content might be good, but it's also, you know, how much is it feeding your competition based off of because they followed you? And so I, I think it's just going to be an interesting, you know, suggested follow. Like the it's people just, also follow, like it's like yeah, this just, like recommended. Just an interesting accounts. algorithm that'll be, you know, yeah. how how much is it going to benefit benefit other companies versus you because people follow you. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to be a hamster wheel. Like once you get stuck on in like yeah. the suggestion mode, it's going to be like Pandora where all the songs get the, to be the same eventually. Yeah, Have you ever gone to, I, I think it used to be like Facebook, right? Where you can see what Facebook assumes about you. Yes. Like, and it's creepy. Yeah. You're like, that's right. But like, how did you even get this? Like I'm getting all these Jackie right here. Jackie Lipinski recommended an account for me to follow on Instagram. It's a great account and it's about a place in Florida and I've gotten, <laughs> and so I've engaged with it quite a bit and now I'm getting a lot of stuff in Spanish, which is really interesting. Oh I yeah. Know, I get a lot I don't of Spanish. Actually, I'm like, Oh, I get, hola, como esta? like I, I could do yeah. like greetings and that's it. Or like, where's my pants? I, could I get a lot of TV ads in <laughs> Spanish. And I think it is because I follow a lot of, for some that reason, account? Miami Instagram accounts, which that, that one hilarious. Can we, it's only, not, yeah, yes. sure. Only in Dade. It's only very Dade. funny, but you it's have great. to have gone to Miami to understand yeah. Miami. So, but it's, it's I it's feel so like well. it's, it has the most real time news on Cuba right now, which is really interesting. Like, there's, yeah. we, we won't, we're getting off topic here. But anyway, so back to Instagram and Reels. There's this, there's another, um, there's a creator. His name is Peter McKinnon. He's a photographer, videographer, mm-hmm. puts out great content on YouTube. I think if you're listening and if you, create your own content. You've probably seen a lot of his videos, but he did a test because I think where this is going, where people are thinking like, okay, cool. They're going to change the way it works. But like, what do I do with my video content? Do I need to make reels? Do I need to make walkthroughs with my videographer team? It's all horizontal. Everything they do, is that even relevant anymore? So I do it. So what Peter McKinnon did is he did a test of creating a, he has the world's fanciest coffee maker. It's called a Belgian balance siphon. Okay. It's really That's beautiful. not the intention, but it's super cool. It, yeah, it's beautiful. I'm going to get makes, such targeted like, ads from this. <laughs> he makes a <laughs> perfectly done video that'd be like an ad for this, this maker. I'm going to play it real quick. People are kind of seeing it. Like it's it's done. The lighting's really nice. It's a little dark, and it's he has him narrating how it works. Like it, he heats this up, it siphons over, da-da-da. And then the next video he makes is more... Let's see if I could fast forward to it. Where'd we go? Well, we'll uh, put this in the show it. notes for people. It's it definitely is. B-roll, like really beautiful photography. Correct. I lost the other one, but the, the other video. one, here we go. Here's it. It was just raw. And it's like him using his phone. It's like, hey guys, it's, it's Peter here. I got this Belgian coffee maker. It's fancy. Here's how it works. Now, the videos are different. It's not the same narration, so it's not really fair. But guess which one did better? Oh, I don't the know. polished one. I don't know. Is it the raw? Did you look it up? So the raw, they they both did the same. It's just the platforms change, which is really interesting. (laughs) Like he threw everyone for a loop. You think the raw one would would do better, but he put it on TikTok. He put it on YouTube. He put it everywhere, and the views were just all over the place um, on there. So to me, what I got out of this was you Mm -hmm. could do it both ways. I think you should do it both ways, but the raw version is still done extremely well. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think people are missing the mark, especially builders. We're selling really expensive products, 200, 300, 400 million dollars plus. And they're trying to go raw because that's what they're seeing on TikTok and reels, but it's still not done well. Like you see this video and we'll link to it because I think they're like the lighting is still perfect, even though it's done on the phone. 
It's just not as cinematic and fancy as the polished version. I think your video style has to match your brand identity. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which is tough because I think a lot of people don't know what that wants to be. And there are different people within your company who have different opinions on what it should be. And then the person who also has the camera has a different opinion and style than what you are comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And so there, there is just this like, how do we establish what's there? But maybe what your point is, Andrew, is experiment, see, see what works, see what people want. You know, I know we've talked in the past about, I I always like to say, um, uh, Dosecki's, you know, the most interesting man Mm -hmm. in the world, that's just an actor. So, you know, if you're waiting for someone to come along, don't wait for someone to come along, create that person within your own company to be the spokesperson. And it doesn't have to be the CEO. It doesn't have to be the partner. It can just be someone in your company who just has the knowledge and the experience and uh, And they're good on camera. And they're good on camera, which is tough, but I think it's just, um, it's like your, yeah, this episode's influencer marketing. We'll talk about it later with Anya. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're building your own influencer. Mm, essentially yeah. is what you're, yeah. what you're doing. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, you have to be able to, so I think the hard part with that, it's like, we're, we're going deep on this one. Cause I think yeah. it's fun is you have to, it seems like the requirement to be able to create content and house at least some of your content, not all of it, but some of it, I feel like each month it's like that pressure is increasing as far as like, Oh, we have to do this in and house, or we have yeah. to partner with a freelancer or videography team that understands they need to be able to make, um, essentially they need to film today, they're coming today and do like a B-roll only mm-hmm. shoot B-roll mm-hmm. being like, Hey, we're not sitting down with a customer and talking to them about a testimonial for their home. We're just doing really pretty shots that we could then use in conjunction mm-hmm. with like the influencer. I, I think the number yeah. one thing is just in, in terms of, I know we had a question, I think it was like a month ago, just asking like, Hey, what does a content calendar look like? I think what you just need to understand is you you can you don't have to do these giant things once a month. You 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 can mix it up, you know, answer questions, talk about the homes, create these quick videos, but if you're a small team, like you you do have to have almost a person what I'm trying to say is I think how advertising is forming, you do need to have this creative ready to go on site who can quickly make these videos and not every video needs to be production quality, but every, Mm -hmm. but also like, you know, when you make one video, um, I think we joked about like, it's, it's like take going hunting. You have to use every part of the animal. Yes. You know, and, and figure out how to use it multiple times. And so just when considering making anything, how do you, how do you have that lifespan of that product? Um, be extended, especially with the demands of social media, needing these videos constantly for you to stay relevant. That I'm glad you said that. Cause that was my, my thought was like, yeah. I think that's the hard part with this is like, if it's new, like if you're not making these videos in house and it's new, you'll be like, I did it. I got one done. Yeah. And then it's like, well, that was the same. My video, the, the next my, one, like when's the next one? Like you can't yeah. get excited. My like, TikTok it's, video is never done anymore. I'll, uh, I don't want to link to it in the show notes, but I might, um, it's my personal TikTok. <laughs> Uh, in April, I, my yard, I moved in. It's terrible. I did a video. I did one of those snap videos. Now it's July. It's the, you know, before, like and, after before and after of my yeah. yard. And and it took me, you know, how many months is that to make a good video? And so the planning was there, but like, 
the time for you, like you had like a minute and a half on your phone and then like, oh yeah, I could like, and now it looks really good. But some things like, take months and yeah. And so it's yeah. just try, trying to, trying time. to have this. Yeah. Um, uh, I think and the realistic time frames to create certain content, um, but also working on yes. them while, while things are under construction. Or, um, I know that we've talked in the past, like I know a builder who like, as soon as they move into the community, they're done. I was like, well, I'll do a flyover. Like People want to know when they're moving into the new community, what your old communities look like and how are you actually utilizing your old communities? And do you actually have a very passionate past buyer that you can have conversations with and like talk about why they love it and, and just why they love being a customer of you? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the post community, like that community sold out. I, to me, like if I was a builder, so many builders, I see go, okay, there's a lot of pride in that. I feel like, and like, son, I, we built that community, all 50 yeah. people that live there. Like we built their home like that. I feel like mm-hmm. you could almost tear up talking about it. Right. Like, yeah. I feel like that could be a whole story. Um, if someone does that from this idea that I just had, please do. Or if you've already done it, like send it in. I want to see that. That should be a thing. Like we built homes. We're proud of rebuild homes. All that yes. stuff. Yes. Um, yeah, run in there. Quick shout out to Dawn at Tilson. She had a great story and this supports <laughs> this video in here is the, the hard part with video we just talked about is creating it con- or content it doesn't have to be video, but creating it consistently and just mm-hmm. keep going with it. It's just like this podcast. We're on what year three year four. I don't know. Episode a long time. 50 something. It just every week. Boom, boom, boom. But now at this point it's, it's, we're like, Oh cool. We're, we're used to it. But the first year, the first year and a half, it's like, Oh, that's on Thursday, but it's on Friday now. Like we had to change the schedule. But Don had, had the story where a buyer came in and they're like, Oh my goodness, it's you. And so he's like, <laughs> your minor yeah. celebrity oh, home hi, builder. Hi. I'm, I'm done. Like, yeah, I'm real. And so that's, uh, to me, that's even the metrics will never show things like that. Like okay. you can't have that, but everyone, of course they had, they do a tremendous amount of educational content. They're on your lot builder. So they, they kind of have to, and it helps have better buyers if the buyers already know more and they're willing to invest their time watching however many hours of videos, it's insane how long their, their videos are and how many there are, but they've been doing it for so long. The consistency is, it's what drove the success for them. And so it's, she sent it over. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, this is a perfect story. Like, that is awesome. You are famous now, Don. <laughs> yeah. I think well, the other thing that's really important is that when you have an in-house person, they understand the workings of your business, not just mm-hmm. even home building, but like, the pieces that all have to fall in place so that you can get the B-roll of the house or, you know, your personalities within the company to find that person who can be the camera person, be the on-camera person that works with the camera person. So if you've got a good content creator that works for you, that's great at capturing video and photo and all that, all those things really professionally, really, really dramatically. And then you can they can help you pull out the people in and not just the people but also the products to make your very your online presence the very best that it can be mm-hmm. for sure yeah I, it's it's pretty funny sometimes you'll see these month-long gaps for filters and they're like oh, i didn't have anything i'm like you i know you have stuff just yeah. even even what we're you saying is just so like, much stuff just every tuesday every thursday just be like oh that's my lull day I'll just make sure that there is one thing out in the world once a week and bare minimum, just keep, keep staying relevant, keep being on people's Mm -hmm. minds, retarget them with ads, let people know that, um, you're, you're around, you're here and you're 
very transparent. And I think that's and any, all. Any video doesn't have to be this big giant ordeal where Correct. it's like this no. full story. Yeah. I think that's yeah. what it is. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on people to have perfect content. It and it's just, just be... it's just the, it's just like you're saying, be, be there, be able to answer questions and admit when you don't know how to answer the questions and yeah. be like, and, and find the person at your company who knows how to answer them and just do like a, I, I think that's what it is. Instagram is extending their videos to three minutes. That is very, that's a very casual conversation. Even just record segments of a meeting and take, you know, the video clips out or, or just yeah. something where it's just yeah. like, oh, that's something we already do. Just throw a camera on it. Boom. And then how do you educate people with yeah. that? So. I have so many. Yeah, I could just keep going. So many ideas. Like a quick we'll little one next- would be. A super okay. quick little one. The team at Keystone Custom Homes, they did a super cool video. It was a a reel. It was a walkthrough on their phone, but it was sped up at like three or five X. And you're like, oh, what's that? But it like it it actually looks really cool. Like it's done and it takes out, you don't have to worry about being on a gimbal, like trying to make it super smooth because you're just like flying through the home in 15 seconds. And sure enough, I, I forgot how many thousands of views it had, but you're like, oh, that's good. So sorry, Keystone, you'll start seeing more of those out there. But yeah, I think if you just look at the content that you are consuming, you're like, oh, that was 10 seconds, but I really liked mm-hmm. it. And just translate that to the villa world as far as like, oh, let's just show all the backsplashes we have available or whatever yeah. Yeah. option. Done. And it can Easy. be in many different levels of production quality. Yes. Like, yeah. I don't think you have to stick this to one terrible. or two, like... Right, well, yes. Turn the lights on. It can't be terrible, but like it can exactly. be phone, but it can also be highly production yeah. or high production value. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to have all of it. We could keep going. Yeah. Let's we'll, yeah. we'll go. Let's go to the next one, which this one will be short. <laughs> but um, Jackie, I think you picked this one because of the headline. Yeah, yeah. Um, businesses that are. I know. I love. I love ones that are just like what. So from businessinsider.com, wait until 2022 to buy a house. Economist says. So. Well, I think. What if I have to move? <laughs> Yeah, what yeah. if I have to move? I got I to move now. Yeah. Well, you're <laughs> I think the point of the article was just we were discussing uh, there are a lot of factors to moving. And while someone gives a suggestion, you know, I mean, financially, economically, if that makes the most sense and you can wait, and if that's what the professionals are recommending to people, this headline, you know, is is going to make people change their mind. You know, that that is yeah. the point of the news. But we also have to remember people need to move. People have children, people, um, things come up. You want to, you know, sell your house and maybe not live in a hotel. (laughs) People have to buy houses. And so that was just one of the factors. You're like, oh, I could rent. There's nothing for rent. Mm -hmm. Like what it's, and it's so market to market. Like I, um, a family member of mine moved from South Carolina down to Orlando. He is having the most difficult time finding an apartment, like Mm -hmm. just the one one or one in Orlando and, he, and that's like sprawl. And he's looking within a 30 mile radius of he's working at a theme park. And so he's trying to find something that's like 30 minutes from there, which is quite a few like houses that should be. And he's like, there's nothing. I'm like, what do you mean? There's nothing. There has to be something. He's like, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. He's like, I think I'm gonna have to live an hour away from where I work in Orlando, which is terrible. If you've been for Orlando builder show coming up 2022, drive an hour from the convention center. And you'll realize that is a terrible stress in your life doing an hour drive in Orlando. Not fun. So I read this article as the premise was wait because your lumber will come down, the supplies will come back. But what I think they're forgetting or or leaving out is that well Trust. those supply chain issues might resolve there's still mortgage issues there's, like there's yeah, more considerations. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, there's inflation, there's mortgage rates, there's if you've got to move or, you know, bigger family, smaller ha- family, whatever. They're just, yeah, they're just simplifying, yeah. a, a, I think, a wider question and answer um, concern people have. But um, yeah, it's, it's just always interesting when these like news articles come out or someone grabs just one sentence out of context and, and throws it in an article and it becomes like the top, you know, read art news articles. So I think it, it, it definitely creates the need, I think, for builders to have content on their site that helps educate mm-hmm. around interest rates and just pricing and just how it works without having to go into topics that would then be like, well, you said this on July 5th. So like, <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, but just like how do in- interest rates affect your, your mortgage payment? Yeah. Uh, and then reference other third parties, as far as your source, that's, I think then you seem trustable if you're. Yeah. Using- that's a really good point, Andrew. Cause I, I think I brought up once before too, there was a, I think someone commented on Facebook, like, okay, are the, are on a builder um, I've seen, they're like, okay, now that lumber prices have they said crashed, it just had reduced. Like now that lumber prices have crashed, our house pr- house is going to be cheaper. And it's like, well, no, no, but articles <laughs> like that, you know, like that. They think that though. I, I just hope they're not putting too much hope that, oh, the longer if I wait five years, I'll be in a good place. It's like, yeah, I mean, you'll probably be in a good place because you'll also save more, but it's not, don't expect a house to drop by 20 percent, you know, um, or, or yeah. something significant just because you're, you're waiting around. So, um, anyway, really? just, yeah. what'd you say? I was going to say real estate always increases, like it might decrease over a short time period, Mm -hmm. but over a longer time period, it's always increasing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, I'm sure lean on this kind of trend and story for the next couple of months too. And, um, we'll see where it goes, but yeah, super, super interesting read. And, um, I think that was Allie Wolf. The quote was from, so she's a good, good resource. She's awesome. Up next, we discuss influencer marketing with Anya Chrysanthem. Stick around. Join us today is Anya Chrysanthem, founder and owner of AC Marketing and Consulting. And she's also a podcaster and content creator for the home building industry. Been in new home sales for quite a while as well. Anya, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. It's It's always fun to be on the other side of the microphone. I'm also, it is nice to be a guest on other, other podcasts. And I'm just going to completely make this up. It's probably not true. But since we have so many episodes, I'm also going to crown you our 98th guest of all time, I think. Sounds good. It's probably close. I think think we're getting close. Yeah. But excited to have you here and really excited about the topic that you suggested. First, I have to give credit where credit is due. I think it was a couple of weeks ago or on an episode, I was doing a mini rant on, you know, getting all these pitches from companies and PR reps and just say, if you got an idea, just send me an email. And Anya was like, here's my idea. You told me to do it. I'm doing it. And I said, great, let's, Boom. let's get it booked. Here we are. So what did you want to talk about, Anya? So I figured let's talk about influencer marketing. Yes. She's trying to trigger me right from the get go. <laughs> if you see Twitter later today or sometime in the past week, whenever you listen to this, he'll be, that's the evidence if he was triggered or not. Yeah. That's a well, fun topic. I mean, she even threatened in the green room that she was going to call me an influencer at some point on this episode. We'll see. How, we'll see where it all goes. But 
I, I think it's interesting that you chose this topic. We'll we'll go on the definition of influencer here first, but I I just played the fun little game of uh, typing in in Google influencers are, and it says influencers are a joke. Why influencers are bad? Influencers are annoying. Influencers are the worst. The worst. What is though. an influencer? <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, I mean, to call you any of those names, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and it's probably just the AI uh, that Google, the algorithm that Google is using, knowing my own my own preference, because it'd be interesting to see what happens when you guys type it in. But Anya, from your perspective, since you are the guest, yes. uh, what's what's your definition of that term? So my definition of the term is anyone that has a relationship with their audience. So I don't think the audience size matters as much Hmm. as the relationship. So I think oftentimes people think of influencers as somebody who has 10,000 followers, 20,000 followers, you know, a hundred thousand million, but it's often a mistake to look at just the number of followers, because as we know, I can spend 200 bucks and voila, I have 10,000 followers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But are they real followers? Mm-hmm. So relationship is really the key here. It's someone who has a relationship with their audience, and so, and we'll get into it. But got it. So that that would be your that would be your separation from a celebrity, where it's mostly a one way street. I mean, celebrities can be used and kind of are the original influencer, the original um, get things done. But it wasn't because of that two way uh, relationship that you're describing of of interacting kind of intimately via social media with their audience. Yes. And a lot of uh, celebrities, I think, have certainly jumped on that bandwagon and they do um, have that relationship. And if you look at even modeling industry, some of the supermodels of today, like, you know, Gigi Hadid and all the other. I got to grab a pen and paper, right? Say that again. (laughs) (laughs) That click. It's, you know, they're getting paid more money because they have, influence because they have that relationship with their audience. So when designers use them, they know that it's going to be all over social media. So they're essentially getting free marketing on top of whatever they're paying them for. So yeah, it's, uh, so anybody can be an influencer. You don't have to be a celebrity. You certainly don't have to be a supermodel and you don't have to have a million followers in my opinion. And I think we should get into like who could be an influencer when it comes to home building industry. Yeah. Um, I think number one, and I think Kevin, you have alluded to that earlier is that, you know, ideal situation is that you, the builder, you're the influencer, right? Because hopefully you have that relationship with your audience and you can be an influencer. And we have some people who are doing this really well and building incredible relationships with their audience and even podcasting and things like that. So if you guys want to check somebody out, a friend of mine, David Bellman, I don't know if you guys heard of him. He has his own podcast. He's a president of um, Bellman Homes and he puts out a weekly podcast. I think he even puts out more episodes per week than once, but it's a home building hero. So he essentially is doing what you and I are doing as podcasters, but he is a home builder and he's producing this podcast and developing crazy relationships with, with his audience there. So he's yeah. being an influencer. Got it. Andrew, anything about that definition or 
I think there's add to it because you're yeah, you're I, good friends with an influencer. I well, am. good friends. Well, good quotes, um, right? acquaintance. So. We did some work together, <laughs> like through our church, like and on the content side, which it, it was yeah, okay. That's a whole another story. I think influencer. I think there's like the stereotype where it could be a negative thing, mm -hmm. but Anya, I do agree with you. Like it's someone who does have a relationship with their audience, and they could communicate typically through social media would be yep. what the medium would be. But I think there's like so there's an Instagram account influencers in the wild. Anya, I don't know if you've seen that one, but essentially it's making fun of people that are producing content in public places. And you're like, this person looks ridiculous. And you're like, what are they doing? But then they get reshared and you're like, oh, that person has like four and a half million followers. It's actually X, Y, Z. And they were like in the middle of Times Square doing a TikTok dance. And you're like, hmm, that's interesting. But I think the term influencer could have this negative stereotype for someone who has this influence without any merit. Mm -hmm. Almost like a reality TV star. Like, why are they famous? It's like, they didn't do anything. They're just right. real housewife of XYZ, XYZ. Like they're just, but some of those people do have a reason to be oh, known. This is perfect. And I think that's like, to me, that's the separation of like, okay, there's those who just, they look good. They know how to pose. They know how to edit photos and then they can grow their accounts, mm -hmm. but they aren't really doing anything. Mm -hmm. And then there's those who have like us, like we can provide advice. We can educate, we can empower all these sorts of things. I think we're both, I'd agree, we're both technically influencers, but there's some type of difference there. And then, of course, the way we communicate, it's a little bit different, where I think influence, influencers on the negative side would have a common theme of like how they interact, which could be some people, like they're totally into it, if you like that person, or otherwise people are like, oh, geez, I'm kind of turned off by this, like, oh, it's cringy. Um, ugh, I think, awkward. I think both of your opening statements, so to speak, and this is, this is the kickoff to our clash of the Titans, uh, <laughs> the IBS show. We're going to just kind of incorporate that into future episodes where we have people on different sides. I, I think you gave me the perfect outline for the rest of the show, really, which is renting versus owning, you know, the idea of, should you be the influencer? Should your company be the influence influencer? Or should you rent the ru runway and say, I'm going to try to shortcut or, increase distribution strategically with other influencers that I'm, that I'm renting, so to speak. Um, yeah. there's, there's influencers that are famous for being famous. And so they're, they're generalists. And then there's ones who are topical or specific to an industry or a field mm -hmm. and yeah. kind of trade-offs of that. And then kind of for the folks who are internal influencers or just even outside their company are, are doing things that other people would call, call or label as influencers where and why burnout happens. Cause I think that's the other thing that I think is one of the reasons influencers get such a bad rap is every other day, someone in your network says, I did a thing. I'm an influencer. Now I st I'm selling shampoo. I'm selling vitamins. I'm mm -hmm. selling whatever. And, and that is a different thing and typically doesn't last than what we're talking about, which is, uh, the, uh, to, to steal from Gary V, right. The, the document not don't create, uh, approach to, to things. So let's start with the first one. Cause that to me, that's the most interesting is the idea of, do I rent this service uh, from an advertising standpoint or do I own it and build it in house? And, and so Anya, anything that you want to start off there on that part of the conversation? Yeah. So I think ideally, of course, you want to be the influencer of your own brand, right? That's the ideal situation is that you are the face of your brand. You are out there, you are developing those relationships with the, and that doesn't have to be 
builder owner per se. It could be a marketing person. It could be somebody in your company who has that charisma, who has the um, the ability to put themselves out there and really develop those relationships. So I think that is ideal situation. You do want to have somebody like that. But I also think that it's a good idea to use influencers just because say you're producing content on your own, you're still advertising, right? You're still spending money on ads. And the way I think about an influencer is like an ad. So if you look at, say, we're going to do Facebook, uh, Facebook ad, right? Social media ad. You're essentially telling Facebook to find you people who are like those people who have certain characteristics. So with influencer, the key is to find an influencer who shares your audience type, who has a relationship with your ideal audience. So then you're gaining not only access to that audience, but what influencer is giving you is they're landing you that instant like trust factor that you can get when you're just paying for ads on social media. Right. With paid ads on social media, it's just like, hey, look at me. I'm so cool. I'm, you know, I'm building homes over here versus somebody, an influencer talking about you, talking about your brand. People trust that person. That's hopefully why they follow them. So when they say nice things about you, it automatically puts you on another level. So. So that's my take on that. It, it, it's trust based on proximity to, to your brand. And, and builders have been doing this forever with components that, that are in their home. If you're not, and a lot of people have gotten away from this because their companies are so quick to change manufacturers, but at Heartland and beyond anywhere I've worked, it's been pretty important to talk about the cabinet manufacturer, the plumbing manufacturer, where is this material coming from? And it can look like logo soup. One of my old bosses used to always call it logo soup and there's just too many things all together. But done correctly, there's a lot of brand attribution that can come from showing your logo next to Anderson windows, next to Kohler faucets, next mm-hmm. to heat and glow fireplaces, for example. So we, we've been doing this, but I, I think the, and I agree with a lot of points you're saying. I think the, what I'd like to talk through though is the kind of the checklist of can we do this? Because not everyone should try to be their own influencer. They should do content marketing, but that's not the same if we're going off your definition of a of a kind of a two-way ongoing connection. You know, the the builder building five homes a year, should they do content creation? Absolutely. Are they going to be able to build five homes a year as a GC and have, you know, if they're if they're older or lacked the skills or, or interests, are they going to have an ongoing dialogue with every person who DMs them? No, they're not. How, how does a company or a person leading the marketing department decide whether it's worth the effort for them or if their company culture or approach is the right one? Uh, Andrew, you have any, any thoughts on that? Of just Yeah, I think the, like the OG original influencers for home builders is the online sales counselor or specialist. Like that's been the Sometimes. person that like, People like they're, they're just, I'm thinking, um, Ingrid as Ingrid. That's what, that's exactly. Like, that's, mm-hmm. I think we all go back to like, oh yeah, she was one of the first. And I just pulled up LinkedIn like five minutes ago and you have Haley Nabig from Level Homes. So these people that are great on camera and it's just easy and natural for them. Mm-hmm. But they're really, I feel like they're almost an influencer, but they're more or less like the video. Well, the position, person. like you said, by, by definition, the position is the most aligned to what we're talking yeah. about. 
It's just the skill set though of that person or person. Correct. Like that's where I feel like I'm like, oh, they could they're influencer because they're the face, they're connected, but then they also they need to be in my mind like to really exploit this to they need to take it a step further and then also be this product educator or there's another person in the company. So you have this team of people that are on video um, thinking about, I think we've talked a lot about this, like at, at Tilson Homes in Texas, they have Eric and Don and they run Facebook lives, YouTube lives every week. I think it's Tuesdays at two or something or 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. And there's hundreds of people on there watching build on your lot. So there's a lot of education involved. They would be like the practical, we're doing things influencer, like they're giving legit advice, like in length and, and depth mm-hmm. in there. And I'm asking wow. these questions because I don't have the answer, but but yeah, then are we saying that there's a scale you, thing here where a company the size of an, an MI Homes or a Pulte, should they 1000% have people tasked so. at being the influencer or the brand being an influencer brand? Because the, to your point, Anya, about the targeting aspect of finding an influencer, they, they already know who their customers are. I mean, they have the resources, the money, the investment, the ways to to track and and using their their databases to to know who their customers are. But but maybe a smaller builder uh, might need that help of I don't know where to find my audience in Columbus, Ohio, or Northwest Columbus, or wherever. Yeah. So I think here's where you want to look at like who's the most aligned to you because I think a lot of realtors could be your influencer. Right. That, I, Interesting I think idea. If you look at it, like who are those big realtor names, and you know you see their faces all over town. You know they're they're everywhere you go. You see their face, and they're like big go-to realtor. So I think number one is you probably want to establish a relationship with that realtor because if you can get that realtor on your side and become the champion of your brand, I mean that's a natural influencer who's already in your field. Um, yeah, I, I know of uh, a builder or sorry, a realtor who used to be uh, a sales rep that worked with us at Heartland, who's now a very successful agent. And she is, um, I haven't talked to her about this specifically, but I, I can tell she is using new construction of all types as the best backdrop for her influencer campaign. It's like going through a home built in 1945 with eight foot ceilings or seven and a half foot ceilings. That's not going to be the best backdrop for you with your excited energy and talking about how you're ready to list your home. Whereas walking through new construction, both makes her very appealing to to those folks she's networking with and, and aware of, but also what she is projecting is I sell and work with people who are successful because new construction homes generally, and the models, you know, they're all going to look really good. Yes. And that actually a, a great idea. So that's one of the things I wanted to talk about is like how, you know, how do you partner with influencers, right? Like, so um, whether it's a realtor or, or say it's an influencer in your town. And I, what I would do is, I mean, we know that right now, a lot of your home buyers are the millennials. And so we have ton and ton of those mommy bloggers. So you probably have a local mommy blogger in your own town who has quite a following and chances are they're millennial moms. So they could be your perfect audience. So again, this is an opportunity for you to expose your brand to this audience. So some of the ideas that you can incorporate is you can reach out to this influencer and say, hey, I noticed you're doing a lot of different photo shoots. I wanted to see if you would want to use our model home. We have a beautiful model home where you can come in, you know, uh, t- you know, we'll close the model down or whatever needs to be, 
take the time to, to create a photo shoot. And then obviously you'd get the credit from the location, tagging, et cetera. So that could be one way that you are using this influencer. And this probably is not even going to cost you anything, right? Because right. essentially you're doing them a favor by... And if you become well-known enough for it, you, you can start charging. At Heartland in, in Pittsburgh, we had so many local commercial crews and film studios even. who We like to film something in your home. And once, once word got around that we would reliably say yes, we could make a couple grand a day by renting out a model. Absolutely. And even like thinking about just beyond, um, beyond influencer to rent out your model. I remember when I used to sell new construction, I had this gorgeous, gorgeous model home in the community. And a lot, there were a lot of millennials, um, who are just like getting married or having children. And so I reached out to them and I said, Hey, if you're having a baby shower, if you're having an engagement party, feel free to model home, just, you know, let me know when you need it. And I'll leave the keys and Go ahead and hey, they're inviting all their friends, family. So many people are coming through this model. They're living, you know, this yeah. really the experience of what it's like to live there. Yep. And so, yeah, same same thing. Um, <clears throat> that's yeah. that's a, that's yeah. a serious. As I say, those those are awesome. I think one thing I I want to jump in there is, I think it's important if you are reaching out to influencers is not to fall in love with a single one, and I think the variety of influencers is important, or just like. You like I've I've seen some campaigns this year where they they partner with influencers and it's a single influencer that moderate looks moderately successful and I'm like I don't know if it did much but what if you had ten or fifteen of those that you partnered with in a less like you said Anya like just let them use the facility or if you have an internal team that's great at creating content you could then like offer like hey we'll we'll shoot a couple of pictures we could do some video like we could help you out just extending it further and you could have ten to fifteen different influencers in. Versus like putting all your money towards one and you are well, offering like a this goes back to the, to the size of the company discussion of costs because cost is not just money. Cost is time and yep. energy as well. And, and that's where a smaller builder looks at what you're talking about with a real estate agent onion says, yeah, that makes sense to me because I don't or won't have an ongoing marketing advertising expense, but I will pay someone every time a sale happens because that's more predictable for my cash flow. Whereas again, a larger builders, most of them, all they want to ask me is how do we get rid of all those agents from selling our home? So that's not going to be a, a tool that, that they use. I think renting out or using your space is a, is a great way to, to get that exposure. And mommy bloggers, I'm glad you said the word first because then I can use it too. I've said this four or five years ago at a PCBC marketing bootcamp. Mommy bloggers are some of the best natural light photographers around and they're incredibly affordable. Yes. And if you don't know what you can go Google those terms if you're not familiar with it. But doing natural light photography of a model well is a completely different feeling of a space than just going in there with a flash and or or an iPhone and snapping a couple pictures. Even if you use box brownie, light and shadow are the most important. A anyway, so mommy bloggers are, for years we've said if if you have problems with only getting what I call documenting the crime scene photos. Like there could be a dead body laying in the corner. It just, it, you had to document that there, this room existed versus getting a mommy blogger. So I think even most people I think are thinking about influencers as distribution. One thing I think that's important that's come out here is influencers can be helpful with content, which is something I know, Andrew, you've talked about with your friend as well is, hey, if you're a builder that really struggles 
with content creation, especially around video, it seems like is where most of the struggle is. Yep. Have that discussion with your influencer of, are you, are you partnering with them for distribution, content creation, or both? Uh, yeah. Because it doesn't have to be a one size fits all. That's the quick background on my friend. They are travel influencers. And then when they partner with places, they create content because yeah. they're also content creators, like video, essentially go to resorts and then they film the resort, drone footage, all that stuff. And That's then they terrible. also do... They also do their own. Yeah, they've been on six cruises in like the past three weeks. It's it's insane back to back. Like what oh a life. Gosh. Like, can I do that? So yeah, it's, yeah. If they're creating beautiful content, like shoot, like, yeah, that's another just like, hey, we could pay you to produce content. And use our, or even like, um, it doesn't have to be paid content necessarily. Or like, so what I was thinking is if you're having an event in your community um, and say like one of the examples I can use is um, one of the builders that I work with they um they threw this event it was like grand opening but it was also a kind of like a gallery scene mm. where it was during a pandemic so it had to be an outdoor event and they just you know so they paint like every single garage door um was painted with like a graffiti it was really cool oh yeah what, uh what builder i remember reading that article yeah it's the the 12 chicago oh um, maybe there's another one but that, that there was it was like they're an urban place and they in Chicago. They just yes, painted all the uh, all the doors different colors or had graffiti oh, so, artists. Yeah, tag, like, tag so, them. And if you think about like Chicago Alley, like they're basically um, all these garages face each other. So you have this alley. And so each garage door is painted with different graffiti. So the grand opening was you walk through this alley and they dimmed it mm. Chicago's most Instagrammable alley. And so that already, mm. the scene itself, lands to Instagram influencers, right? So what we yeah. did, we, we reached out to a local mommy blogger and we said, hey, would you mind hosting this event essentially? So she was, you know, she did the Instagram takeover for, take, take over for the builder. And she was essentially on site interviewing artists about their work, um, about their, their con contribution to, to the project. But even if you don't have, you know, a graffiti alley, you can still come up with an event um, for your model home. And maybe, yeah, I mean, you can do a you know, cooking event. I mean, there's so many different, different ideas that you can do for an event and just have them come in and host the event because the benefit is they're getting exposure to your audience while they're also lending you exposure to their audience. So it's a win-win for them. That, and that's, that's, I think, why I have such a negative reaction is because at the end of the day, and I'll try to give more context here, but my initial take is it's, it's a bigger win-win-win for them than it often is for the builder when done incorrectly um, or not having a long-term plan. It's kind of like if, if you run ads and only send them to landing pages and you ignore your website, that's a terrible long-term strategy. If, so that, that's where I struggle with if you're not going to be the influencer yourself or have a plan to almost in reverse of what influencers tend to do. You're like, I'm going to get close proximity to these other influencers so I can create my own core influencer as the company itself. Mm -hmm. I, I struggle with that kind of... Uh, and, and the other context I think that's important is my experience on you and, and yours might be completely different is that most of the time when you're reaching out to people that are known at all, their prices are cray cray to use a very technical term. And I've come to the skeptical assumption that most influencers are people who value their time more than actually consistently working. 
It's like, I, 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 will, I will work one day a week if you pay me enough for that one day. But if I have to take the whole week off and do whatever else I want to do with my life, that's okay too. Because they're always creating their own content for their own brand as an influencer, I suppose. But, you know, that's where it really comes into like digging in and checking who is that good influencer for you, because not every single person who is considered an influencer is going to be aligned with your brand values. They're not going to be a good match. So you want to do some digging in and really checking into, you know, who is their audience? How are they engaging with their audience? What type of other products are they pushing quote unquote, because, you know, if they are like right now, for example, you know, the CBD and, you know, all the, all the other stuff is like really kind of a, becoming mainstream and it's legal in some States, some States are not. So you really want to look at that because one of the things you do want to consider is that how could this influencer change your reputation potentially? Right. So you definitely want to look at that and see what other yeah. products you've endorsed in the past and if, whether or not you're comfortable with that. And I think going back to um, what Andrew said about spreading your money between multiple influencers, so I would almost prefer to have an influencer who, you know, doesn't, again, think Ooh, like can, a million followers. Are we, are we saying become an influencer of influencers? Like cr- create, <laughs> the, create the, the backdrop and the, the thing that draws the influencers in for as little overt cash as possible. I, I think, yeah, to jump in, I think the analogy, I'm gonna try to do analogy, Kevin. Kevin's All right, yes, I love king. it. We Let's need it. to think more, like, I think it's, in talking with it the past 20 minutes or so, the influencer for most builders, there's a caveat of, okay, the builder's too small, like, we're not gonna worry about that. But you need to have the influencer at the company to that person needs to connect with the other influencers. It's like the news station. I'm down here in Florida. We have hurricanes. Everyone gets excited. We watch the news all day long. You have the meteorologist and there's people that follow. That's Dennis <laughs> Phillips, right? You don't like Again, for those of you who are newer to the program, Andrew is I the youngest the old man I know. I am an old man. It's great. <laughs> but you have like these different meteorologists that are celebrity because one, they're meteorologists, but then two, they have their, their own profiles that and oftentimes, like this guy, Dennis Phillips, he has more followers likes than combined the news stations in town. Uh-huh. You're like, oh, so he is, he has a lot of weight with, I'm sure his job, he can do whatever he wants. Um, but he then connects with all these storm chasers and all this stuff. And so he versus the news station trying to get an interview with this person who's in the middle of the hurricane. So mm-hmm. I think it's the same thing. Like at the builder, you have back the example of Level Homes I talked about. Haley could then connect with other people in the area she builds in, not Level as like, Hey, this is random person at marketing that's like, Hey, I'm Haley. And here's her profile. That is, that fits the mold. That's that's synergistic. Now you have ongoing momentum that you're building when you're doing those things. I agree. And then I think the other core strategy is if you don't have that person, then focus on, on the things that's going to draw the influencers in. So you already have the model homes Mm -hmm. to Anya's point. You've got these backdrops, you've got events, you've got other things that you can just say done correctly. I've got the content to make your life easier, Mr. or Miss Influencer. And, and again, then then you're becoming known as a, a company that builds amazing homes and, and you don't have to have that long-term strategy of being the influencer directly. And I think you then way. feel relevant compared to other brands because you're like, oh, they know how to do the internet thing. That's, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but like, I think there'll be cer- certain people like millennials and younger be like, that's awesome. an old company. They don't even like, their Instagram looks like it's like you said, Kevin, 
like a crime scene of pictures versus you now what it should look like because it's Instagram or, or Facebook. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So I think. Topic. Even um, thinking about other ways to um, to utilize that, like, you know, again, mommy bloggers, right? They're blogging. So could there be some blogging opportunities that they could do for you as the builder? I mean, you're always looking for content, right? So have them write a blog that's relevant to both your and their audience. So you, you cross sharing and, again, you're promoting yourselves. And then I think also another thing you want to think about is like, depending on the size of the builder, like, are you a big national builder or are you just a, you know, local regional builder? So yeah. with, the, with the smaller regional builder, I think that mommy blogger is going to be kind of like your go-to, but with the bigger uh, national uh, brands, you want to look at other avenues, like potentially podcasters, even like think about um, the, you know, I mean, there's so many, yeah, we have, um, Fisher homes did a series, uh, a couple who is, uh, they're not podcasters, they're radio hosts for the morning show in mm-hmm. one of the towns they build in. And so they did a co- whole content series and a podcast with them about their experience and then continue to run that and promote that content. So it's, it's not directly what, again, the general public would say is an influencer campaign, but it is to your point They're They're already professionals at something else that has an audience. And, you know, if you think, think about podcasting, um, if you can get on a podcast uh, as a national builder and talk about, you know, whatever would be appropriate for, for their audience, um, you are essentially gaining an ear of that person for the next half an hour, right? They're tuning in, listening to, the podcast. So the, the relationship that you're going to be able to build um, is, I mean, it's huge. So I love the idea of pot of teaming up. With Interesting. So you, kind of what you're saying is maybe the larger the size of the builder, the more general the influencer may be a fit versus needing to kind of match the narrowness of the scope of the, of the smaller home building company to a smaller, more niche influencer connection. So exactly, exactly. I think, yeah, the smaller, the more mommy bloggers, but also you could team up with, maybe you have a local podcaster who talks about, you know, what around town, like what's happening around town. So that could be a great podcast to get onto. And then I think one of the things you want to do also as a builder is to pay attention to your Instagram, pay attention to your own Instagram account and who is um, who are your buyers and what are they posting? Because you may be surprised. You may have an influencer in your own, in, in, you know, you're, you're currently yeah. building a home for them. So in that case, I mean, one, you want to make sure they're having like amazing experience because you know, they're going to tell everyone about it. And if they're not, they're also going to tell everyone about it. But sure. if, if you're already building a home for an influencer, and again, don't think of an influencer as a million followers, right? It doesn't have to be million followers. They just have to have a good relationship with, with their audience. And then, um, Hey, approach them and, and say, maybe, you know, maybe there's opportunities, additional opportunities for that content, or like, what can we do above and beyond? Again, maybe we, um, allow them to, um, to do an interview with, I don't know, Palo windows, like going back to Kevin's point, like, you know, all the brands that we're using in, in the home. It's a great opportunity. And yeah. guess what? They'll tag you in their posts. Like, and, ahead and of guess time. what? And if you're paying attention, you're like, oh, there's my influencers right there. Just think and vet them. Exactly. And they, they have, have so much them. content 
uh, manufacturers, except for Therma Trudora, I'm still kind of mad at you <laughs> with the acorn color. But generally That's speaking, funny. manufacturers have amazing content that they're spending and investing in from videos of the manufacturing process, talking about their sustainability. There's so much content that you can tap into. Going back to, are we, are we using them for distribution? No, Anderson Windows doesn't need to help distribute our, our message. We're using them from a, from a content perspective as a partner. Yeah. And I think as we're wrapping up, I'd like to just do one caution is yeah. that, you know, you just really, one, I think, I feel like we should have well, 20, but you, can, you can tell your favorite, but a caution I would like to, to mention is that, as I mentioned earlier, um, in the show is that, you know, I can spend a couple of hundred bucks and boom, I have 10,000 followers, mm. but what the followers are bots followers are from you know, India. God knows what I mean, they're not real followers. Yeah. So I think it's really important that you look at the engagement rather than the follows. And, you know, if you, I think right now, Instagram average engagement is just a little bit less than 1%. And, and the way you would look at it is you would look at the likes, you would look at the comments, you would look at the shares and the saves, and you would essentially divide that by number of followers. And so that's how you come up with a percentage. So and, you know, great engagement, you're going to see like closer to, you know, between two to 5%. And 5% would be like amazing engagement. So that's something definitely that is, to deny on. That is perfect. And I feel like there's, um, I forgot the name of them because I feel like they're terrible. There are, <laughs> well, you could have great metrics or comments, but you've seen it on you. I'm sure where it's like very thin comments and you're like, this doesn't feel right. Like, it's like, oh, this is great. This is great. And you're like, no one's really saying anything. And you could join essentially groups of other people that want engagement on their post to fake the metrics. And it's just really thin comments. It's like everyone gets notifications. It's like a circle, essentially, like there's 50 people in the circle. Everyone comments on each other's stuff and you pay a fee to essentially this, the manager of the group. Yeah, it's like the gentleman who um, used to, you could pay like $10,000 to come to a conference that he held in a, in a conference room at Harvard. And you, everyone took turns just standing up in front of the podium and saying a few words yeah, and then they could go. say on their resumes that they were you know, asked to speak at Harvard. And you did. You know. But so, yeah, if it, if it seems shady and you know, you're probably right. Like, yeah, I think trust your gut. Yeah. yeah. And, and look at, Perfect. look at the sustainability of everything because that's yeah. anytime and anyone can make a content piece or make a splash or cause a fuss, but after who's still around after a year or two um, is definitely something else to, to consider as well. Okay. I, I have one last spicy question for you, Anya, no. which I, oh, no. yeah, yeah. I'm not, no, no more, no more lead up to it. I, I feel like there is a trend of new home salespeople trying to be influencers. Is this a good thing, a bad thing, a, a cautionary tale, a yes, go do more of that. Is there, that should, that shouldn't be. Is I, I don't know. I, well, That's I mean, okay. I, I have an opinion, but I, I just, as a, as someone who's been a, you know, in the division president ownership sales, like been in all these different seats. I know there's a lot of time where things aren't happening in the models. And yeah. yet I also worry that if I'm going to spend half a million dollars or more with someone, I worry more about your competence than your likability. And I've, I, so, so th there's always a fine line and, and maybe it is another analogy I use is like Netflix categories. If everything was just a drama, you wouldn't pay for Netflix. You need all these different categories. But is there any any take you have on that? 
So I am a big, big fan of Grand Cardone. And so Ooh. when I was selling homes, I, you know, his, his whole perspective is that um, when you're in sales, like everyone needs to know what you're doing, right? Like your family, your friends, like they, they all need to know what you're doing, what you're up to. So I'm a big believer in being out there. Like, you know, your email, you should be, you should have your email list that you're sending out to your quote unquote email list, updating them on what's happening. Like we're moving to a new community. Everyone needs to know about the new community. Everyone needs to know where you're selling. Because again, you, um, you're responsible for driving traffic to your own model. Like, I think there's definitely, you know, some traffic that's going to come from the builder, but I'm a big believer that you as a salesperson, you're also responsible for generating your own traffic. So that's so course, interesting. Yeah. So, so, so that was two, two, I started in 2003 mm-hmm. and that was definitely a message until the great recession. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like since then, most home building companies have been like, Hey, don't you worry. But at, you, you as a frontline salesperson still felt that Absolutely. that was an implicit sure. statement of like, obviously NBR spends a lot of money on marketing, but as a, as a sales rep at NBR, I was responsible for driving my own traffic. So, you know, back in the day, it was a lot of postcards, things like that, but now, Hey, it's not a postcard, right? It's social media. So I do think you need to be engaged on social media, but this is again where HR needs to come in and have a conversation with the sales reps as to what's appropriate to put out there um, so that everyone has very clear guidelines as to what you should and should not post, Um, you know, political stuff. uh, No, no, no. You know, uh, so so it's important to have that conversation, but I do believe that your salespeople should be your champions. And I mean, it's free publicity. Yeah. I appreciate what you said about HR because I also worked at MVR. So I know, <laughs> yeah, if you've worked at a large organization, HR, IT, these are all things that make you tremble. But I'd, I'd actually encourage salespeople to talk to their marketing departments too, mm-hmm. because that's essentially what you're doing is you're, you're co-oping marketing. And, and if I had a sales rep who worked for me, who felt like they were responsible for generating their, all of their own traffic, I would say, there's something wrong here. We need to, let's, let's go have lunch. Let's go hang out together. Let me show you what we're doing, how we can help you. Because I actually, I wouldn't be able to long-term work in marketing at a home builder if I felt that that was even in today's world, unless you're going to go full influencer, like you're talking about. And maybe that's, again, this is really insightful for me. And maybe that's why these folks are doing it. I think sales reps should be responsible for referrals, but those take time to build up and everything else is on the company to provide whatever you need to hit the goals that they're providing you. But it obviously sounds like a lot of builders are failing the sales reps on the front line. I don't disagree with you. I don't, I'm not saying that salesperson needs to provide hundred percent of their traffic. I think that you absolutely should have a marketing department. They should be driving that traffic. But I, think I, know, I know what you mean. I, I don't yeah. think it's, I don't think it's an all or nothing, but I think referrals after you've been in the business for two years, maybe that accounts for 20% of your traffic at 15, 20%, but the vast, vast majority just start that conversation with marketing versus as a salesperson feeling like you're on an Island and you can't, you know, you got to figure out something to do. Cause if those two things work together, and again, you're creating great content that is aligned with marketing strategies 
as an influencer in the model home. And then the marketing department can leverage that content and create broader. I mean, there's, there should be more synergy than right now. I feel like it's marketing and sales looking at each other saying, who's going to be the coolest, hippest cat on social media. Uh, not it, or, or you're it, you know, right. 100%. And yeah, I think that you should, um, know what marketing department is doing. And again, they're already probably created so many great pieces of marketing content that you can share. Yeah. Or riff on. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's where you need to be active on social and talking about what you do on a daily basis so that quote unquote, your referrals, the, your sphere of influence, they know what you're up to and you're really staying on top of that. And, yep. you know, that, yeah. And, and I think that's the other thing that's going to take all this to the next level. And, and I know we got to wrap up because we're over time is uh, sales reps who can only sell in the single neighborhood. I think that's one of the things that over the next five years, uh, along with kind of the Uberization of new home sales is going to go be, be gone. I, I don't think that's a trend that will still be here um, too much longer with us because the the group that you're creating, it's, it's kind of like the brand of a home builder itself. If I'm not building in the area of town you're interested in, it does, how much does it matter if you like my brand, if I don't offer something? How much does knowing what Anya does and the neighborhood, the one neighborhood I can buy from her help both Anya and the company, if Anya is doing a great job of building that list, it's it's a lot of wasted energy at the end of the day. And I think yeah. cross-selling will become more commonplace. Yeah. Especially as like people are coming to that sales rep who did build their their influence and people are going to that person's like, oh, I can't sell you in that neighborhood. <laughs> Not to hand you off to someone else like, oh, I like you. You're great. You're likable. Like, I like all these things yeah. about you. I want to buy with you. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be tough. Yeah. Anya, but thank you so much for joining us today. This was a great, discussion. great time. Good discussion. Enlightening. Yeah. We didn't get into any fights. So that's <laughs> Oh no, no. I mean, that's the fighting only ever in my experience, which I don't anticipate ever fighting with a guest. So don't be scared to come on. Shoot. Is that more fervent disagreements come from, from when someone in the, in the discussion is uninformed, you know, it, it, it's like, if you just said the sky is purple because you, you think, I mean, th th then we'd have to have a really vigorous disagreement, but it still feels like influencing, influencer marketing is one of those things that we're still all trying to figure out where to put it and how to use it effectively. So thanks yeah, for- Yeah, don't put all your eggs into it, right? It's something yeah. to try. Just like exactly. you're spreading different audiences on Facebook ads, same thing, spread different audiences across multiple influencers that are maybe smaller. Awesome. Perfect. Thanks again. Thank you so much for having me. Bye.